Hi, welcome back to Planeswalk Plus, the Magic Gathering Lore podcast, with your host Scott, aka Cyberpart, and Valhalla calling me, Valhalla calling me, Zach, aka Midnight's. Uh, if you can't tell from that, we're talking about call time, baby. I'm very excited for the set for two reasons. One, it's very short. <laughs> I don't have to spend months working on it. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice break from Innistrad, and two. It is a straightforward story. There's, like, no fat on this whatsoever. Oh, good, good. So. And, uh, yeah, for those who listened to our um, Aftermath of a Coom episode uh, where we were ill, this is still the same day. We're recording right after. And what little energy I had went into singing two lines of Valhalla calling. <laughs> and so now I'm just going to die while Scott talks about uh, Norse mythology for a while. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, typically when we start these episodes, or at least when I start them, I talk about the geography of the plane, give you a little information. I'm actually going to do the reverse this time. I'm going to be talking about the people on the plane first, because they shape it just as much as the plane itself. Okay. So, this is a top-down of Norse mythology. And every Norse god has either one or two that rolled into to form a new character, or they're a standalone. So, I'm just going to go through like the major gods to begin with. Uh, there's Alrund. He's the god of the cosmos. That and, is... and just to clarify, it's the magic card first and then... Greek it's the or... character <clears throat> and then who they're based on. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's Alrund, the god of the cosmos, who is based on Odin. There's uh, Burgi, god of storytelling. She is based on Freya, Folger, Saga, and Bragi. Uh, there is Cosmia, the god of voyage, based on Ron and... Nijor. Based on Ron. Ron. <laughs> is it really just Ron? It, it's R-A-N, but it's got the little accent over the A. Oh, um, <clears throat> which accent? Like uh, like the two dots? Like no. Like the unlaut? No. Oh. Like the French <laughs> comma above it. We have got Odin, Freya, and, and Ron. Um, <laughs> Ag- uh, Egon, god of death, based on Hell, the goddess. Uh, Eskia, the god of the world tree. Oh, um, yeah, I've seen that one. I have, I've had that card in past decks before. She is based on uh, Idun. Halvor, god of battle, is based on Tyr. Uh, that's T-Y-R. Yep. Yorn, god of winter, based on Skoari. I'm going to spell that, because, yeah. again, it's the it's all Norse lettering, so there's a lot of accents that does not appear in the English language. It's S-K-A-O with an accent, which... Uh, is not an umlaut or anything else in yeah. the eye. Uh, there's Kavari, god of kinship, who is based on Sif. Radain, god of justice, based on Soul and Forestai. <laughs> it's so close to Radan, the Elden Ring character. Yep. Well, uh, is it the same spelling? Radain. R e i d a n e. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tyrgid, god of fright, based on Not. Uh, Torwolf, god of fury, who's Thor. And finally, Valky, God of Lies, based on Loki. That one they didn't work too hard on. <laughs> no. It's like, uh, we got to finish the Pantheon. Who's Loki going to be? Uh, the Valky. They give that man a raise. Uh, there is a cheat sheet I've given Zach, but we'll go through it a little bit more in depth. But rather than Yeah, I wonder if we could, here. we could probably post the, like, if anybody wants to see that. We you could know probably, I'll post it in the Reddit. Yeah, post it on the Reddit, and I'll throw, we could throw a link to that in the show notes. <clears throat> Now, in addition to that, the gods, obviously, there's, you know, humans, spirits, zombies, uh, demons, trolls, angels, giants, elves, dwarves, shapeshifters, cove walkers, and glade walkers, which we'll get into a lot later. Yeah, I was about to say, those sound cool. And the angels here, are they all called Valkyrie, or they're... There's two. 
Okay. So they're all Valkyrie. That's like their title. That's their word for angel. Yeah. But they come in two varieties. There's shepherds, which are black mana. And, I'm sorry, shepherds who are white mana. Okay. And reapers who are black Okay. Mana. And so shepherds would be the one that's that's the one that comes and takes you to Valhalla. Right. And the reapers are the one that like, oh, you died a coward's death. I'm going to take you to the underworld. Do we have a name for the underworld or is it just called the underworld? Uh, if it comes up later, don't worry. It does. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll, yeah. we'll get to that later. It's uh, Istvel. Istvel. Okay. Okay. And in addition to the gods and the different humans and everything and having all the mortal creatures, there are different things called cosmos monsters. And these appeared at the creation of the plane. They were the oldest thing on the plane. So they're, they're like the old gods. Like They predate the old gods. Okay, so they like, um, they, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not old gods, but they're like the elder gods. Exactly. Plane. Okay, okay. Um, the outer cosmos. Yeah, okay. The first one is actually the god Cosmina that we talked about just a minute ago. The god of, again, this is why we have the cheat cheat, uh, the god of voyage. And she actually started off as a dolphin, like a huge cosmo dolphin that takes humanoid form to Whoa. consort with the gods. Now, all of these have cards, right? Every single one has cards. Awesome. Um, that's it, why... This like, isn't where Perphos comes through, right? Or is that Theros? No, that's, 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 that's Theros. Theros. Yeah, yeah, sorry, okay. Um, there's... A creature called Iremaw. There's no info about this thing. No card, nothing. Iremaw, like Iremaw, like I R E M A W. E I D E R M A W. Iremaw? Iremaw. There is a card here uh, the God's Hall Guardian, who is just this giant white cat that sits in the Hall of the Gods. And what I find is adorable there's a little text on the card that says, since it since the gods took over, there's not been a rat in the hall since, and it's just this picture of this huge cat. Hmm. Uh, there's a monster called the Gold Eater. We'll talk about him a little later. And I'm picturing um, No Face from Miyazaki. He's he's a giant that eats gold. Oh, fun! And then Koma, who is basically Yorgamunder, the giant snake mm. from. Norse mythology. Mm. And if I butchered that, I am sorry. Uh, better than, better, better than, yeah. that's, well, the English is the world serpent, right? It's, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, what's like, <laughs> the world serpent? Um, there's also two, like, lesser ones where they're, they're still the cosmos monsters, but they're kind of, we have a little bit more information. There's Saurof, the realm eater. It's a great wolf that can wander between the realms freely. Mm. And was briefly captured by the dwarves and imprisoned in the dwarven city. But it whined and bitched so much. They're like, we're going to go imprison it somewhere else so we can't hear its whining. Let's take Bikini Bottom. Exactly. <laughs> and the else. second they're like, you know what? We're going to move him. Second they open the cage, he, he busts out and got free. Obviously. I mean, what'd you expect? He He's uh, Fenrar from... Uh, oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Then there's also Toski, the squirrel messenger of the world tree. He does have a card. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm very familiar with Toski. <laughs> Our friend runs a Chatterfang deck. And yeah. And I, I, what deck did I use Toski? And it was some deck I had on Arena uh, where Toski was like always, oh, it was my wolf deck because I had the ranger class on it because it wasn't banned at the time. So Toski has to attack, and then every turn it would put a counter on him from ranger class. Yep. So after like three turns, he's like a 4-4 with indestructible. Yep. <laughs> Um, he's the smallest of the cosmos monsters. He's only about the size of a dog, but he's also the most important to the gods because he acts as their messenger. Yeah, because he runs up and down the world tree. Right. But he serves, uh, Isaka, the, one of the gods specifically, like he is 
a direct subordinate. Okay. And they communicate telepathically. So he spies on people and then goes and tells her what he saw. Mm. But because they communicate that way, there's no way to overhear the conversation. Yeah. Um, so no one knows that he's a rat. I mean, they know he's, he's a, a rodent, rodent. <laughs> but no one knows um, that he's a rat. Now for the, uh, oh God, this is going to be fun. For the actual plane itself. Yeah. So the r- plane of Kaldheim is a bit like Kamigawa, that it's divided into several parts. Mm. But while Kamigawa, Kamigawa only has the human world and the spirit world, there are 11 parts to Kaldheim. Yeah. Well, for anybody who knows the North mythology, it's the different, like, North, or like the different. It's North the world planes. tree. Yeah. yeah so, right. like, there's probably Midgar. Um, and that's all I've got right now because my brain's frozen. Right. <laughs> well, but we'll touch you'll, on yeah, you'll, 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 you'll name yeah. them, so I don't know why I'm trying. <laughs> um, it's actually a really great way to think about the multiverse as a whole. This acts like a microcosm of it because there are ten realms all connected by what's known as the Cosmo, which is where the world tree is. And there's no sun or moon. The light comes from the realm Starheim, which is at the top of the tree. And it's described as a parhelion that gives light to all the realms. And if you're unfamiliar with that phrase, it's if you're looking at the sun through like a cloud and it looks like a, a bubble and there's three diamonds and mm. that's what it that's the symbol for the sunlight. So the world tree is a Christmas tree if the stars at the top. It is not. <laughs> um, now, each of the realms hangs off the tree like a fruit, but unlike typical trees, the branches of the world tree moved and move and shift. And the branches can be seen in every realm. So no matter where you are, if you look up and there's no clouds, you can see the tree branches. Hmm, okay. Um, so even, like, the, the Norse-like humans are aware of the world tree. They are very aware. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, if two of these fruits touch or overlap, it creates what's either known as a omen path, which we'll talk about later, or a doom scar. And a doom scar causes this massive geological shift it's basically like two planes ramming into each other yeah and for some reason it's always seen as a bad omen it always leads to war like it's never just like hey our our rems bumped on each other let's just wait until it fixes people immediately start beating the crap out of each other for whatever reason well the, the people from the two realms that collide exactly okay um in addition to this the world tree it gives off this sap called Tyrite, and this is actually seen in the card Tyrite Sanctuary. It is used by Eska to create the elixir that sends the life of the glo- life of the gods, slows their aging, and strengthens their powers. It also allows them to give them the ability to traverse the different realms of the world tree. Mm. Uh, it's notable that the cosmos that separate the ten realms are strong enough of a barrier that not even planeswalkers can get through them. Okay, so plane, can planeswalkers get to Kaldheim? You at can all? get to Kaldheim, but you'll wind up in a random realm. Okay, and then you you can't go from that realm to a different one. Right. Okay. Um. So what about the Wanderer? I have a feeling she would just like blink in and out of the different realms. Probably. I think she. I mean, she could probably get through the barrier, but it would not be much in her control. I think it would be like she would wind up in one of the realms, pop out to somewhere else, and then have to try and re-enter <laughs> at a different point. Yeah. Which is how the others would have to do it, but. Her, her ability to walk the blind eternities is much greater. Right. Uh, now, I'm just going to list the fruits of the Ten Realms. There's Isfel. It's blue and white aligned. And it's a mist-shrouded plane for the spirits of those who didn't fall in battle. So basically, mm. died at old age, sickness, all that. Uh, you lazy dorks, you get in this plane. Pretty much. 
It's located at the base of the world tree and the plains, and I'm referring to like grassland plains, not like plains walking yeah, plains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plains of Esfel are encircled by the bone chilling waters of the Bangor River, and it's just a circle that keeps going. This river forms the border of the. Of well, it. yeah, no, so this, this area is just a misty circle with a river around it? Right. But it's, they're all massive. Each one of these realms is, like, almost planet size. Okay, and so, like, people, like, build houses and shit, I assume? Exactly. Okay, okay. So, you, so you, if you're sent here, it's just, like, is... You're a, you're a ghost if you're here. Yeah. So, what, what do you do when you're here? You just exist in limbo. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, they, can't, they can't go fishing or nothing? <laughs> Beyond the river is a towering wall that actual form, that forms the actual border to the, the realm, it's over 100 feet high, and it was built eons ago to keep the cosmos monsters out yep. to stop them from devouring the infant world tree. It's funny because I had to suffice the urge to drop a massive attack on Titan. <laughs> yeah. uh, because you say massive walls, and of course that's where my brain goes. Uh, the only entrance into Isfel is a massive bridge across the river that leads to the magnificent gates of Isfel, and it's the only card that depicts this realm at all. So it's an actual land card. It's called the Gates of Isfel? Yes. And that's, uh, what colors did you say? Blue-black? It's uh, blue-white. Blue-white, okay, okay. Uh, next, we have Carfell, which is blue and black aligned. It's home to Draugr zombies. Mm. It's basically Skyrim's tombs. Nice. Uh, they guard the largest treasure vaults on the plane in the vault of Brine Barrow. And they still cross over to other realms to invade it just to, like, steal. So anytime there's that Doomscar on Omenpath, they raid it, take all their stuff, and come back. Oh, okay, that's fun. They're they're like uh, bandits of the Doomscar. Exactly. Uh, yeah, while you guys are distracted with that war, I'm coming for your gold. Precisely. They are led by the Lich King, Nefir. That ain't good. Uh, they're he's just like the plane, uh, blue black. There are humans that live here, but it's a very small population. Basically, barbarians. They live in the Skybreen Mountains, and it's also stated that. They're protected not only because the mountains are so away from everything, yeah. but the blizzard that surrounds the mountains is so cold, magic doesn't work. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. So you've got the land barrier and the magic barrier. Right. So and this, they, this is where the Lich King is, or this is where the humans This are? is where the humans are. Oh, okay. The and, that's only the only place, and it's the only place that's safe from the Lich King. Exactly. And so the people on this realm are not ghosts? No, this is a different realm. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just, well, just want to make sure I wasn't so not like not every realm is just dead people. Exactly. No, okay, we just okay. we just happen to start there. Okay, okay. Um, next is Imistrum. It's re- black and red aligned. It's home to demons and constant warfare. It's hell. It's just it's literally hell. What's it called? Im- Imistrum. 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 Uh, everything there is on fire, even the oceans. <laughs> they make a point to to say that in the description. The ground spews out toxic gases, and the only animals that live there are made of elemental flames. So there's just there's nothing there but warfare. Warfare and fire. Uh, the gods, the current, not the current gods, the old gods, who we'll talk about, they section it off using runes and wards okay. to keep the demons from invading. Man, no, no matter what plane you go to, demons are always uh, not, not cool. Right. Um, and since the demons normally would leave the realm to fight other people they can't they're just killing each other yeah yeah it's like well we got all these excess energy let's just take it out on each other i guess 
Um, now, if a demon dies, does it just come right back in this realm? We're actually going to talk about that right now. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> so the demons fro- form from something called the blood-, blood Crag, which is a volcano that is shockingly filled with blood, and it makes new demons when it fills to the top. Hang on, slow down. <laughs> it's filled with blood. Right. Huh. I don't know if I could have seen that one coming. No, not in hell. Um, but the... No, and definitely not from something called the Blood Crag. The Blood Crag. What's kind of messed up about it is, though, the only way to feed it, raise the level, is to kill non-demons. But since no yeah. one's going in or out of the plane, no new demons have spawned in quite a long time. Okay, so the Blood Crag is not bleeding. It's filled. There's just not enough there to produce new demons. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, next is the Notvold. I mean, wait, wait, because if they're at constant war, but they're not making new demons... There's they a have... lot of demons. Well, okay. I suppose, shouldn't they have wiped themselves out by this point? <laughs> but I think it could function like that's how new demons are formed, but old demons eventually reform like on other planes. Maybe. I don't know. We'll have to we'll put a bit in that. Yeah. Uh, next is Notvold. It's green and red aligned. Yeah. It is a beautiful realm of rolling hills and mountains. It's covered in thick forests, and it's home to the trolls. It's this perfect untouched mountain plain uh mountain realm and it's dotted with ruins of now extinct giants ruins ruins okay uh collapsed structures not Th- that's why that's yes. why i was yeah that's why i was clarifying uh there are a few structures on it the most notable is the carl glade it's a ring of standing stones the carl glade carl k-a-r-o okay. <laughs> hi i'm carl this hi, is my carl. glade it's <laughs> um, <laughs> got some trees and all i can make you some tea but it's made out of ogre flesh so there's no um, ogres no kidding I, and yeah i fucked up i should have said troll but it's fine um surrounding that is the eldest trees in the realm they're like prehistory old the trolls that call the realm home are broken up into two groups. The Hagi, H-A-G-I. They're small green trolls that more akin to wild pack animals. Like, they'll just run around and harass everything or attack it. Yeah, I'm picturing goblins. Yeah, that's pretty much okay. it. Okay. Are there goblins on Kaldheim? No. Okay, then these are them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next are the Torga, and they're more akin to, like, our classic trolls, the, the Swedish variety. Uh, they sleep for years. They have rock-like skin. And they have, like, a kind of a close pack family dynamic. Okay. However, if you wake one, they will just go on a rampage for the last four weeks until they tire themselves out and pass out. Hmm. That explains the phrase, don't wake a sleeping troll. Right. There is one named troll on this plane, on this route. And is it Carl? <laughs> no. Uh, she doesn't appear anywhere else. It's Savella, the Ice Shaper. Okay. And she has the power to create and shape ice, as her name implies. Mm. And despite being a troll, she is actually very smart and a lover of the arts. Yeah. She does have her own card, and all she wants is someone to talk to art about. That's uh, all she wants. Which sucks for her, because she's on the plane of trolls and goblins. Right. Can I get that name one more time? I just want to see the card art. S-V-E-L-L-A. Ice Shaper. Svela Ice Shaper. Not Ice Cream, Ice Shaper. Oh, Ice Cream. Oh, yeah. She, she does look quite forlorn Yeah. on her card. I feel bad for her. Well, she's trapped in a she's trapped in a world where all she wants to do is talk about art, and the only thing that the only thing, living things there want to destroy everything. So. Yeah. I create, you destroy. Next, no. <laughs> poor, poor fella. Next realm you'll be very familiar with. It's Starheim. It's white and black aligned. 
It's the lofty realm of Valkyries and Fallen Heroes. It's basically Asgard. Wouldn't it be Valhalla? <clears throat> I thought so. It's not Valhalla because it is literally just a giant feasting hall. Yeah, that's Valhalla. Valhalla is a giant feasting hall for the warriors. I thought Asgard was the hall. No, Asgard is and the hall of the gods. And Valhalla was the plane. No, well, I mean, in Norse mythology, Valhalla is where the heroes go to rest. Asgard is the home of the gods. So this is Valhalla. This is Valhalla. That yeah. I messed up, yes. Okay, okay. my apologies. Um, Get, go back to school, bitch. <laughs> I, so, you have no idea how much cross-referencing I had to do on this. Mm. Um, so it's... At the center of this realm is the Hall of the Valkyries. It's made from the woven branches of the world tree, and it's sitting on this black glass lake. The lake is actually formed from the blood of the first Valkyrie, uh, who spilled their blood there. It doesn't say if they died or not. And this is where all their Valkyries form from, Okay. this lake. Uh, the roof of the hall is rolling clouds that change color and intensity depending on the level of conflict in the other realms. Mm. And this is where the mightiest warriors that died in battle go. This is where they go to, like, drink, tell their stories, stories of glory. Uh, it's even stated that the gods themselves aren't guaranteed a place here unless they die a glorious death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, shown as the Great Hall of Starnheim. That's the card. That would be really cool. <clears throat> like, you're some badass fucking warrior. You die, like, after killing, like, 70,000 right. of your enemies. You're in the hall, you just look over, and, like, Odin's just, like, drinking a beer next to you, like, oh, sup, Odin? Welcome to Valhalla. <laughs> and then, like, three days later, he's not there anymore, and you're like, hey, where's Odin? He didn't make it in. It's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> the ego boost that would give? Because <laughs> yeah, that right. means everyone there is more badass than Odin. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. How would I get to Valhalla? That's what I want to know. I'm going to be fighting for my life in a hospital ward somewhere. Uh, is that enough? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Next uh, realm is Sturtland. It's blue and red aligned, and it's a realm of constant geological upheaval. Yeah. And it's home to the fire and frost giants in a never-ending war. Okay. Since the realm is always changing, there's, like, no named locations. There's just two that have remained intact throughout the eons. The first is Calder's Hall. It's home to the fire giant king. They He does not have a name, doesn't have a card. No. Nothing, just... That's where he is. I feel like that's a, like that'd make a cool card, right? Although all I'm thinking of is the Elden Ring. Because they describe the trees that grow here as like they're as big around as a as a small city. Well, that's like, a big tree. They are huge. The trees are large enough that the elves of other planes who have the same trees on their realm make entire towns out of them. Like they're oh. big trees. Could you imagine if you were in uh, what were they called? Like a scar, a doom scar against the frost and fire giant oh, <laughs> like like you're, you're just like on um what's you're getting about how no matter what you do <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah you're on like what midgard is probably the human realm or like the, the standard realm well i'm doing what's quote-unquote midgard last okay oh yeah yeah but i'm just thinking like okay so you're on the equivalent of midgard you smash into the fire giant ice troll land and you're like all right well i'm going for the toenail <laughs> right like, <laughs> you're you're good, yeah. good fucking luck Wait, imagine if you killed one. Then oh my god. They're like, it's Zack, a giant slayer. And then you're like, I'm going to Valhalla. And you're like, you can't even wear it as a hat because the head's too big. You have to wear it. You wear carve it. a tooth as plate mail. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. that's all you got. Uh, um, the only other structure is Vela Heights. 
It's where a small group of frost giant wizards have created defenses to keep the fire giants out. And they have a small community there. And something I find adorable about this plane is the animals they use for, like, beast of burden for food are giant mammoths and giant goats. <laughs> which I just think is hilarious. Look, it's like, I'm picturing, like, a goat, like, bah! but it's, like, huge. Yeah, like, it like, like, you would hear it from... Yeah, it rumbles through the valley. Oh, my God. Like, wow, that's the deepest sheep I've ever heard. Uh, next is Skemfar. It's black and realigned. It's the shadow forested land of the shadow and forest elves. Hmm. Uh, this is the place where the... Oh, Shadow and Forest Land. Yes. Okay, I thought you said Shadow and Forest Land. This is where the current gods, the ones we talked about, like Odin, uh, who are known as the Skoti, uh, defeated the past elvish gods, the Elner, Einer. They trapped them in seven Jaspera trees, which are these, like, purple... Imagine a, uh, birch tree, but with, like, purple leaves. Okay. So they trapped them in that tree as a warning, like... We beat you once. We can do it again. Yeah. Stay there. Stay in that tree. Uh, Don't you dare spend the next century plotting revenge. Right. The plane itself is covered in an endless forest that looks untouched, but that just hides the homes of the elves. Like I said, mm. there are these huge trees there. They just carve cities into. They're massive. So these are as big as the trees on the giant place? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, so it wasn't the giant place that made these trees unique. These types of trees are just that big. Right. Okay. And so they carved their homes into these trees. But also underneath in these tunnels are where they build their homes too. This is where the Shadow Elves lives. These are tunnels carved by Coma the Serpent hmm. in Eon's past. So they just like find these old tunnels are like, might as well build a city here. And yeah, why not? Build. Maybe we'll find a serpent scale. <clears throat> we actually do have a leader of the two factions here who is uh, Harald. And he is united the Shadow and Forest Elves. He's their, he's their new king. Okay, so when you say the two factions, you mean the forest and the shadows. Right. Okay. They're not enemies, and they're not unfriendly with each other. They just have, like, no reason to interact. Yeah, it's like a high elf and a wood elf. It's like, exactly. But they kinda, he's kind of brought them together. He's like, come on, we got to start working together. They do describe the capital city, quote-unquote, is the wood elves are in the tree, and the shadow elves have dug cities around the roots. Cool. So, next is Axgard, which is red and white aligned. It's home to the dwarves. Mm. With, yep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yep, Axgard, Red and White, that's where the dwarves go. <clears throat> uh, with rocky flatlands and rugged mountains. At first glance, the realm would look empty to anyone, just like mountains everywhere, cool, great. But if you move deeper into the plain, you'll find one of eight golden doors, which Ooh. is the entrance to the dwarven city. The city is called the City of Eight Doors. Hold on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Some of this naming, I'm like... Uh... Got another better <laughs> city of eight doors. I bet. I bet this sounded better when they're like, "Oh, we'll, we'll write it in Norse." It's like, oh, maybe. And then when it translates, things, it's like, "No, nah, this is." Bad. But I, I'm not here to rag on the names. Well, is this like actual Norse mythology, or is this all magic together? A lot of this is based on Norse. Oh, okay, so the so the city of eight doors is actually like a Norse thing. I don't think it's what it's called that, but yeah, they probably have like a similar it's, it's thing. Far, yeah. garden and it's... the forge. <laughs> no, oh, the hold on, I actually know this. Uh, the sons of Avaldi are the three greatest forge masters in Dwarven lore. Okay. But I don't know what their home is called. Uh, okay. Um, don't know why I know that. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a magic podcast, not necessarily a Norse mythology podcast. The doors are magically protected and are never been breached, and nothing is known to breach them. And they're the only way in and out of the city. Like, they are warded against magic, physical force, 
Like, I don't even think planeswalkers can get through them. They yeah. are... It is a vault. Um, it's basically the Lonely Island from... The I'm sorry, the Lonely Mountain from Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. I was like, okay, where's he going with this? <laughs> uh, like, like, are the doors like a boss? Or is that, are they flying from Dookie Island? Like, <laughs> uh, It's basically this big treasure, treasure trove, not only in the literal sense, but there is history of the plane that's been lost to other races. So carved along the walls of the city are records of realms that no longer exist. No. Oh. Like fruits of the world tree that are just gone. What happens to cause a fruit to no longer exist? We can actually see one of that later. Beautiful. Um the dwarven are all trained the dwarves are all trained from battle and they fear the coming of a giant called Gold Leader who we touched off on briefly. He's a cosmos giant that will be drawn to the city one day and eat its gold. Oh Prophecy, yeah, I mean the dwarves yeah. are made of gold. It's basically like Gold Eater, Gold Eater like you're ringing a, d- a dinner right. bell for him. <laughs> All right, second to last one. Okay. Uh, Lidjara, and you'll know this from that card. It's like Pool of Lidjara. It's one that makes a copy every time you put a monster on the field. Um, can you spell the L-I-T-T-J-A-R-A. I thought I wrote the, car- wrote the card down, but I did not. I do apologize. That's uh, fine. Um... Reflection or yes. Titan? Oh, reflection of reflection of Lit Yara because it's a yeah. soft J. Um, enter the creature type. Copy it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too familiar with this because it's blue and I hate blue. But it's in my horror deck. That's why I didn't know of it. I hate horror deck. I know. <laughs> um, it's a green and blue aligned realm. It's home to the shapeshifters, and it's a land of strange lakes and pine forests. Like nothing grows how you think it would. So you're imagining a tree growing straight. Great. It'll go, like, a foot, make, like, a 90-degree curve, and then, like, a 90-degree angle back, and then go back straight up. And, like, it looks like a circuit board almost. And so it's uh, trees, uh, like, pine trees surrounding these lakes. Right. Do the trees pine for the lakes? I'm going to move on. Um, oh, God, come on, whatever your fucking pun was from the last episode. Giddy on and giddy up. No, that one was awesome, though. The one you said at the end that made me want to die. It was so bad I already forgot it. Yeah, well. Yeah, whatever. Um... <laughs> It's also the only place that will mess with your how you understand reality. So an example given is like you can be lost and like, oh look, campfire smoke. There's got to be someone there. Yeah. So you follow it, and there will just be a dead deer where the fire would be. Rude. It's. <laughs> I just picture you lost in this forest. That happens. You're just like, oh, you rude forest. <laughs> you ship you bastards. You're um, so mean. <laughs> it's the easiest realm to enter, but it's also the hardest to leave. Man. The shapeshifters who call the realm home are able to enter the cosmos easily, which is the space between the realms. And while the land is disorientating, there is one stable location, which is the Pentafioid Lake. Okay, wait, hang on, I can put this together. Penta means five. Fjord, I don't know, but I'm assuming it's like fjord. So is it the Five River Lake? You're very close. Ah, so close. So it's a miles-wide lake shaped like a hand. Okay. So the... Fjord, yeah. Okay. Because I, I think Freud is ravine. Okay. Um, with the lights of the cosmos under the surface. So it basically looks like there's a twinkling nebula under the water at all times. Cool. The water is always flat, and this is where shapeshifters go to die. So they, Shapeshifters? Yeah, they okay, sink okay. beneath the water, and they just become, like, essence again. Do we know whose handprint this is? We do, actually. Oh, cool. Um, it doesn't ever come up. Oh, darn it. I was, um, I was hoping it would come up as the story, but... 
No, it happened, like, eons ago, the original gods, the Enfir, while they were, like, messing with the different realms, left this imprint there. Oh, like, he put his hand here to, like, reach up to a different realm? <laughs> right, and he's like, no, it's a giant lake now. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, this is the trickster, trickster realm. There'll be stars in the hand. <laughs> Pretty much. And finally, we're on the human realm. Uh, Bredegard. Hmm. It is green and white aligned. It's home to the humans. It's a single cover continent covered in a sprawling plain called the Feltmark that stretches from the coast to the center of the continent, which is the Aldergard Forest. Okay. Uh, it's also the realm we have the most info on, so I'm going to go through the different yeah. factions that... I figure from the way you've been laying it out, this is probably where the story takes place. This is where a lot of it begins. Yeah. Um, the first are the Besker. They're the defenders of the code. They are white aligned. They are led by Maja, Bredegard Protector, and Sigard, God Favored. They both have cards. Mm. Uh, they maintain the balance of the other clans through the enforcement of the Code of Clans, which is basically their law. It's their version of the uh, the Guild Pack. Yep, yeah, okay, okay. Um, they live in the Feltmark, which is gifted to them by the god Aldrin, which is, as we know, Odin. Then there's the Omen Seekers, which by far are my favorite faction. Yeah. They're the known as the Navigators. They are blue-aligned. They are led by Igna Ruinize, and they are explorers of the sea. They often have their charts tattooed on their bodies, and they have a group of wiz- wizards. Assuming that the ch- assuming the seas don't move, they do not. Okay, and if they do, the the tattoos shift to match. Oh, okay, so they're magical. Yeah. They have a group of wizards in the ranks called the Verdrun. <clears throat> Just to clarify, it is Igno Rune Eyes. Yeah. You said Ruin. Ruin Eyes, jeez. No, but you said Ruin again. It's Rune. Rune. <laughs> rune. Uh, from Marsha against the Machine. Okay. Uh, they have, so the Verdrun can use natural elements to predict events and even open Omen Pass to other realms. Yeah. So I take it Kaldheim is going to feature probably coming well i guess not really okay, we'll get to why it's important well well because i mean why we're in, we know that we're in the omen path realm in current day yeah. and so that stems from here yes perfect um next is the scow they're the raiders they're black aligned they're red by they're led by the demon vargoth vargoth yes a demon escaped from innistrum they conquer other clans and are no longer bound by the code of clans how did he escape don't know no oh. Uh, the Tuskiri, or the Hedonists, they're red, they're led by Arnie Brokenbrow, and they only care about glory. They are like, their whole thing is we're getting into Valhalla. They yeah, live, like that. this is my favorite tribe. <laughs> yeah. They live for the, the next fight, the next battle. They're literally just looking for stuff to add to their list of accomplishments, and everything revolves around that. Uh, what do you do on an average day? Oh, well, I eat, fight, and fuck. Exactly. <laughs> like, right, no. Even their leadership is passed down to whoever has the greatest achievement, hmm. and that's why Arnie has it. We'll touch off on him later. Yeah. I don't want to go into the story, but... And then Zack Giant Slayer came. <laughs> and finally, the most tragic is the Kana, the Wanderers. They are green aligned. They are led by uh, Finn, the Snake Hunter. Okay. You remember that serpent I talked about, Coma? Yeah, that dug the tunnels. He was the only one ever to injure it. Oh. And he does have a card. He does have two really cool facts. I was about, about to say, does he, he's got to have an equipment card, too, like Finn's Rapier or something. I, maybe. Or maybe, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Flynn's Rapier from Dark Souls, too. That's it. Um, he has a shield that's made from the scale of the serpent. Okay, nice. Which is really cool. But during the fight with Coma, he actually got 
Coma's poisonous blood into his body. Owie, fuck. <laughs> gotta, you gotta get, I know you're not supposed to like declaw them. I gotta you gotta, you gotta trim right. that, Jesus Christ. Uh, Sorry, our third podcast host is daggers for feet. Um, no, so he, he fights Coma the Serpent. Ashley gets some of the serpent's blood in him, which is typically poisonous and fatal. Hmm. For whatever reason, probably because he wounded it, it actually adopts into his body and his blood is now poisonous too. Sick. Um, so he has death touch. Pretty much. I don't think he has it on the card. Oh, okay. Um, now, long ago, the reason why they're called the Wanderers is when the Einar, Enyar, that were the gods, the elves, they did something to piss off the elves so completely that the entire clan was forced to wander endlessly. Hmm. Um, their only two ways out are to die in battle and go to Starheim. Or find a way to redeem themselves, but they don't know how to do the latter of the two. Like, redeem themselves as a race? Yes. Okay. Uh, now we're going to talk on to the, quote-unquote, Lost Realms, which, very weird, but I really like. Their first is God's Realm, and this is basically where the gods went to, like, meet, drink, it was their home, and <laughs> it contained the only structure, the only structure was God's Hall. And the god Valky, Loki, tricked Toroth, Thor, into ripping the support beams out from under the hall. Hey, Thor, I bet you 20 bucks you can't pull that off. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. They, he shows up with, like, this mystical horse. And he's got a saddle with him. He's like, I can't get the saddle on the horse. But Who's he in this? Uh, Valky. Yeah, yeah. He shows up with it, and he's like, listen, I can't get the saddle on the horse. It's impossible. So Thor, Toroth, is like, I can do it. Chases this horse for days, gets the saddle on him. The saddle activates some sort of magic as soon as it's on the horse. Well, it turns out that uh, Valky had wrapped chains around the supports, yeah. and the second it was on, it ripped them all out. And what it ended up doing was actually tearing the realm off of the world tree, oh. where it plummeted and got stuck in Istvel. Uh, which is hell. Which is the limbo place. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The, the, the misty place. Okay. Right, so they're just like, and all the gods are like, we can get to it, no one else can get to it, it's not really an issue to fix it, we're just gonna leave it there. Yeah. So that's one realm just gone. And I mean, it's not gone, it's and, just in Istvel, right? Yes, it's stuck there. So the Hall of the Gods is in Purgatory. Exactly. Do they go there and party still? Yeah, they still like go there. Oh, that's a bummer for the ghosts on that plane where it's like... <laughs> Sorry, Scott's got cats. She's out. having the zoomies. Um, no, so uh, yeah, they just kind of like let it fall and just leave it there because they're a they're lazy and b they're like we got more pressing stuff to take yeah. care of. Well, yeah, no, uh, just a, before the cat distracted me. Like, you're so you're a ghost. You didn't you died of old age or whatever. You're just hanging out in this fall doing nothing all day forever. And you hear like <laughs> you hear in the hall of the gods like the sounds of like raucous drinking and partying, <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> like I want to join yeah, in. I guess I'm just gonna stand at the window and watch. That's all I'm allowed to do anymore. There is a second lost realm. It's the now plain of Vala, mm -hmm. and it was part of Innerstrom, which was hell. And they kind of describe it as sort of like a country as part of a continent. Okay. But during a massive storm, one of the warring factions on the on the realm deployed some kind of weapon that combined the energy of the storm with the magic of the realm itself mm. and split Bala off from the rest of it. 
Okay. So it's gone from being a small piece of Kaldheim to its own plane. Okay. Um, wait, what's this plane called? Vala. It has not made an appearance at all. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, wait, that's got to show up somewhere, right? There, it, there was a bit of an attempt at a retcon a few years ago, but Wizards decided against it. We're just gonna we're gonna leave Vala of its own plane, but it hasn't made an appearance yet. Okay. And finally, the planeswalkers of the plane, and there's only one, oh. and that's uh, Trivar Cal, T, Y V A R Cal K E L. We'll touch on him later, but he is a green and black elf planeswalker. When did Kalheim, Kaldheim release? Oh. I want to say like 2000, like 2018. Okay. So, so it's, it's like fairly modern. It, yeah, it's pretty recent. Okay. It might be even sooner. Uh, 21. Okay. Okay, so yeah, because... um. Okay. Now this story is actually taking place... Timeline wise, concurrently to um, Shadows Over Innistrad. Okay. They're happening at the same time. And now we're on to the actual story. Oh, good, good. Uh, as you all can tell, Zach and I are sick. So I, and this is not a big uh, plane. So I'm separating up into two episodes. The first half was obviously that lore dumb. I'm going to get into more now, but I'm going to finish the story at another point. So if I just stop, don't worry about it. I'm just introducing all the major characters before we get into the actual plot. Oh, okay, so so the plot isn't happening this episode is what you're saying. Right, I'm just introducing everyone, their motivations, all that. Okay, okay. Uh, so the first episode, is the first story is Travelers by Roy Graham with contributions from Jenna Hellard. Helland. Helland. <clears throat> no, Helland, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, and we actually go back to Breckard, the, the human realm, to the village of Selvar. And one more time, because you're kind of stumbling over Brightguard? Bredegard. Bredegard, okay. Bredegard. The village of Selvagar. Sev. Yeah, Selvagar. And docking into their ports are ships of the Omen Seekers. The, the villagers haven't called for aid, but they're really glad for the help. Fishing is no longer able to sustain them. Hmm. And on top of that, people are starting to go missing. There is something in the woods. Hmm. The town leader, we never get a name, we just get the title, uh, Herser, invites them into the hall, and she's like, they're like, come on, we'll sit down, we'll have a meal, uh, and the Omen Seekers are like, no, let's just get to the matter at hand, what's going on? Yeah. And this is where we're introduced to uh, Igna Runeyes for the first time, and she's a blind woman, but she also has like no trouble moving or navigating. Well, yeah, she's got rune eyes. Right. So, so she has, I, I assume she sees, but, like, in a different dimension or something. The way I uh, the way I picture it is she probably sees, like, magic. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, like, magic vision. <clears throat> now, with her are two people, and one you'll recognize from Innistrad, Kaya, the oh, yeah. ghost assassin, and an older name by an older man by the name of Asi, uh, who's, I like... See. Exactly. Who's kind of, like, hunched over, and he's got a raven on his shoulder, and he looks a little kooky. The raven gives me pause. The raven should give you pause. The raven has correctly given me pause. Uh, the villagers explain their plight, and... Uh, sorry, it's not Igna. Hold on. It's Inga. I-N-G-A. Inga. Inga confirms that while people are missing, no bodies have been found, which is very unusual for like an animal attack, or even if there was a monster, there are no remains. And only one bo- young boy... Young boy saw the monster, but he doesn't give a description. 
Yeah, this is. I'm getting very like in a shred parallels here. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm picturing like the same thing. Uh, Inga has Asai assemble, assemble a war party, and they're like, "We're gonna go hunt this thing." We're not. They're not hunters by nature, but they do want to help keep the peace yeah. and protect people. And she tells like, "Kaya, you're coming with me. Asai, you're coming with me. We're gonna go hunt this thing." Where's um the Giselle, Helena and Helena and the partners, the werewolf hunters. That's Innistrad. Yeah, I know. I was going to make a joke, but I couldn't think of the name, and you didn't help me out at <laughs> oh. all there. <laughs> uh, Helena and Elena. Yes, thank you. The, where are they when you need them? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Probably... On Innistrad, yeah. Together, alone. In the woods. Surrounded by brambles. We'll touch up on that later. We need more lesbian werewolves. Um, yeah, that's our first... Um, just as an aside for the audience, that's our first... T-shirt idea is just we need more lesbian werewolves and then planes walk with this podcast. Oh, uh. um, so if you see someone walking around with that, we said it first. And <laughs> yeah, there's somebody like the one person who listens consistently here sounds like I've got an idea, <laughs> and you just start seeing the shirts pop up everywhere. You mother. Okay, um, we actually get some insight on why like, Kai is there in the first place. And she was actually hired on another plane to hunt this monster. Do, do you know by who? Yes, but I'm not going to say yes. Okay. Um, and she says that someone paid her a lot of money from coins minted on a dozen different planes specifically to come to Kelheim and kill this thing. I have thoughts, but continue. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so this war party sets off, you know, it's... Uh, Inga and Kaya and Asai, a bunch of warriors, and they start heading into the forest. As they're resting under a tree, Kaya notes that it's silent. Like, she says even tombs are livelier than this. And for those who don't remember, Kaya's like a ghost walker. I think you mentioned that. She can turn into a ghost. She's yeah. Danny Phantom. Yeah, yeah, she's Danny Phantom. Of um... And also, you wouldn't happen to remember what plane she's native to? Oh. <sighs> It's all right. Well, we're going to talk about Kaya a lot going forward. I think yeah. she's one of the newer kind of main character people. Well, she was the <clears throat> title planeswalker for this set. If you ever look at the box art, she's the one on it. Not the guy who's actually from this plane? No. <laughs> They're like, no, we're going to put Kaya. She's from a different plane, but fuck whoever the guy from our plane is. I think this is her first story appearance outside of a comic. Okay. Um. So as a wrestling, she's like, yeah, tombs are lively unless something's wrong. There's not even squirrels here. And one of the Omen Seekers thinks that it might be the wolf, uh, Saurov, the Realm Eater. And while Sai explains that who Saurov is, because, you know, Kai is new to the, the plane, he also dismisses the idea. He goes, listen, the, the wolf wouldn't hide like this. It would just eat and move on. So he introduces as a possibility, then says, no, it wouldn't be. Another one. Like, one of the random people. Oh, does. okay. Like, oh, what, what if it's And then Sai is like, no, yeah, no, no, no. It's not, it's not the Realm Eater. Yeah, Kami Titties is not right. the Realm Eater. We're fine. It's just a dog or something. <laughs> uh, just on the Raven cause, who was above them, who was on the guy's shoulder. He's, like, circling around. And he calls it Haka. He gives the Raven a name. The raven lands on Asai's shoulder and talks to him, but no words come out of the raven's mouth. I just realized the raven's giving me pause for two reasons now. Yeah, you should. I just don't, and now I'm like, wait, was I right the first time or the second? <laughs> um, the raven tells him, like, listen, I found a lead. We should go after it. I don't know. I got nothing on that. Um, so they follow the raven's directions, quote unquote, and they come across a cave with a trail of blood and dirt going inside. And Inga lights this lantern of blue fire, and Kaya reluctantly leads them inside. She's the first one to go in. Reluctantly? It's a 
cave and she's hunting a monster. This isn't exactly you, you good go news. intangible. You're fine. Yeah, true. Also, do we know much about Kaya's personality at this point? Like, 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 I meant, like, have we talked about it all? We talked up, about um... her on Innistrad, and she is Chandra Light. Okay. She's like, yeah, go team, and she's, like, a happy person, but she's not exuberant like Chandra is. Okay. Um, I don't know if I would describe Chandra as happy. <clears throat> I think she's just kind of always mad. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's the smiley version of Soren. Um, as they're walking in deeper into the cave, they come across some strange metal on the walls and it and it looks like a lattice work of fractals in some places glittering in the light pretty Uh, they decide against touching it after they find out yeah there's never been like a mining operation here they have no idea what it is probably a good idea yeah so don't touch it we're just gonna keep going keep going i I would have to resist the urge to like throw a rock at it yeah (laughs) like i'd be like poking with a stick or something yeah (laughs) does this do anything no okay (laughs) Who's got a spear? Which we, we like, we'd be the guys in like the original Mummy franchise where we actually set off the trap and the scarab beetles come on us. <laughs> like, uh, oh shit! I had to poke it with a stick. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, they finally get to this like huge open area in the middle of the cave. Yeah, and there's something there, and it's eating a bear. Hmm. Uh, but as the light is the it la- bigger or smaller? Though, it's bear. bigger than the bear. Okay. As the light hits it from the lantern, and they can see it's not eating it, but it's sort of like melding it into itself. And I'm going to quote directly from the story here, because it is a fantastic description. Okay. It stood 12 feet, maybe higher, its body a raw pinkish-red color. Across its shoulders was a ruff of patchy fur, a dozen different hues swirled together. The arms that had been sunken into the bear looked long and powerful, ending in horrible, curving talons. Two additional spindly arms extended from its chest, clawed hands twitching like spiders. All strange, but nothing as strange as its head. A skull-like face flanked by razor tusk and a broad-spined antlers. All the color of bone, even as it gleamed like metal in the light of Ingma's lantern. It's like a freaking Eldrazi? No. Well, well, I mean, it sounds like an amalgam, because it's got like the 12 different kinds of fur. Right. Um, I know what it is, but we'll yeah. get to that. It's not, um, the, to, it's not the Arrow King, is it? No. Okay. Uh, as soon as this creature sees the war party, it just charges straight at him and like goes to kill him. Most of them get out of the way, but two don't. The first one, it grabs by the face, but it doesn't like grab it. The, it just gets sucked in. Yeah, the hand melts into the guy's face. Like water. Like it's just putting its hand through water. And the dude is just left there screaming. Uh, the second one is held its hold head by one of the other arms. The group surrounds the creature. They're stabbing and hacking it, but every time they cut it, it just seals. And, or it sprouts fleshy tendrils that grab people. Mm. One of the w- tendrils actually grabs a woman's arm and pulls it into the wound on its body, and she has to stab it to get her arm free, but she's left screaming in pain uh, once she gets free. It's kind of all kinds of bad images. Yeah. <laughs> As Kaya starts to attack the creature, it lunges at another person only to be stopped by some binding spell cast by the lantern. So Inga is creating some sort of barrier to hold this thing in place. Okay. And But Kai... it, it stopped Kaya too? No, no, it just stops the creature. Okay, okay. Kaya uses a chance to cut off the creature's arm, which is really the only thing that was bound. And what ends up happening is the creature's... Sorry, the man that was bound to the creature's arm 
he just picks it up and puts it into his body and then regrows the arm. And becomes a second one? No, just regrows the arm. Grabs the one of the warriors and absorbs it to regain the mass, to regrow the arm. Oh, the creature does this. Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought you said that the man did this. I messed up, I meant yeah, to go back. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets, it eats the guy by absorption and regrows its arm, and now it turns his engine Kaya. And Kaya's able to dodge... She even goes Danny Phantom at point, like going to Tangelo to protect yeah. herself, and soon finds herself cornered at the cave wall. Hey, can you really corner a ghost? <laughs> she does face through it at one point, but the thing is still there, and she can't get away from it. Okay, like because she has to come out to breathe. Yeah. Um, just as it's about to like land the finishing blow, someone calls out enough, and the entire thing freezes. It's just bound hmm. by some like crystalline structure kaya uses the opportunity to cut off one of the creature's legs uh only for a shimmering light to come from a sigh so like he's projecting some sort of like purple green and blue light mm. so the omen seekers see a sigh giving off this this light they're like oh my god it's and then that's when the creature lunges again and hits the invisible wall again this crystalline structure but rather than keep bashing itself against the wall it turns and runs through one of these lattice works, disappearing into the wall. Okay. So it's just like, it just vanishes. Hmm. And this is when you find out the Omen Seekers realize that Asai is Alrund. He's the leader of the current gods. Okay. They're a version of Odin. Yeah, because uh, it's funny, because the first time you said the Raven, I was thinking of the Raven Man. The second time, is I was like, oh, Odin's eyes. It's, it's right. Odin. Okay. Um. So, rather than, like, standing there in reverence as the Omen Seekers are, yeah. Kaya just starts berating him. She's like, you let him get away. Hey, you could have done that at any time, dude. Right. <laughs> and Elrond is like, listen, it's already lost, left this realm. You can't pursue it normally. Um, he, like, waves his hand and goes, you'll find a boat at the dock called the Longship of Cosmina, and it's able to sw- sail between realms. But it will never take you where you want to go. It takes you where you need to go. Yeah. So... After that, Quick, I'll... take this MacGuffin boat, ride it to where you should be. Pretty much. <laughs> With that, I'll run gives them a uh, warning about the creature. Like, I guess it would be like an ex machina boat. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, not a MacGuffin. There's so much, like, what I call monk speak mm. in magic, where it's like, oh, yes, you may not want to be here, but this is where you need mm. to be. It's like, I don't care. This is not what we need to be doing right now. Yeah, right. I, I have Eldrazi to fight. Right. Um, <laughs> so he gives them a warning about the creature. He goes to stay away from it. He waves his hand, creates a magical doorway, and just vanishes. Like, the guy just walks through and he's gone. And that's really where the story ends with Kyle. Like, great, I gotta go back and get on this yeah, boat. Uh, back on the road again. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is our first interaction with the Green Praetor Vul- Vulcanax of New Phyrexia. Wait, uh, can I get that name one more time? Because yeah. I've definitely seen this dude. Uh, V-O-R. V-O-R. I-N. I-N. C-L-E-X. Vorinclex. Vorinclex. Oh. Gross. That's all I have to say. Yep, he's <laughs> just, not a good guy. Just gross. He's uh, one of the five most powerful beings on Phyrexia right now. Really? Yeah. Cool. He leads the green the green section. Oh, okay, okay. And that is the end of this first story. Yeah. It's a... Uh, Good start. Uh, it sets up a good intrigue. Um, I do I'm, have two mixed... more stories to get through today, so we oh, got a okay, little more. Then, yeah. then I won't, I won't muse. I thought yeah. you meant that was like, oh, yeah, that's what I got. No, no, I, I wanted to get through a little bit more because, like, yeah. 
like I said, I spent so much time just doing the the intro to this. I was like, I got to give a little bit more story than just the first yeah. one. And this clocked in 10-ish pages, which okay. is pretty typical. Yeah, yeah. Um, next is Know Which Way the Wind is Blowing by Setsu Uzume. And the second planeswalker we find in Havening Kelheim, also not from this plane, is Nico Ares. They were raised as a great athlete on Theranos. And a oracle said that Nico always Nico will always be a great athlete. Like that's their destiny is just Hey, this guy really good at football. Right. And on any plane, you will be a sports star. <laughs> he's known for like javelin throwing. No oh, yeah. thing. No, like he's from Theros, so exactly. man. And he won sorry, they won everything they put their mind to. Until Nico decided You should clarify this character He's nine binary. They are not yes. binary, yeah. Um so Nico decides to question fate during one of their competitions and throws the contest on purpose. Hmm. This sets up this huge kind of like fate war on Theranos where one of the gods of fate wants everyone to follow their predestined path yeah. and specifically sends someone after Nico. During the fight, Nico's spark activates and planes walk to Kelpine. Like, this is his first planeswalker. Oh, okay. Their they're, first planeswalker. Their first planeswalker, yeah. That's a hard habit to break, and I do apologize. That's all right. Um, but, like, he go, they go from, like, the son the, of... The good news is we'll probably get picked up by conservative media and get all kinds of free advertising right. for being woke. So. Um, Nico goes from, like, the warm son of Theranos to the middle of a snowstorm on Kelvin. With Probably still wearing athletic gear. Still in his athletic Like, he, yeah. he describes it like he's they, in his sandals they. and, like, the the toga, basically. And that's yeah. all he's got. They. He's got, like, a couple medals you on him. You just said you need to say they. You'd say he, like, seven times there. Come on, man. Now, uh, before he... They... Geez, I am so sorry. Before they freeze to death, they're found by the Kana, the Wanderers, who better equipped Nico for the cold. Uh, they bring... Nico. Them, just say Nico. They, they bring, bring Nico. yeah, they bring Nico to a meeting with the Omen Seekers by the coast, and during this, Nico shows off their impressive athletic ability. Hmm. Hey, check it out, that ball, I throw it real good. Hey, check out that javelin, throw it real good. Yes and yes. Hey, check out that hurdle, I jump it real good. <laughs> they're playing a game of beer pong, <laughs> and they're betting. Is that considered athletic? <laughs> Well, they're betting. I mean, how I know well. I sweat when I play it, but I sweat when I do anything. <laughs> they're betting how well and how intricate his throw, Nico's throws can be. Yeah. So, one of them challenges Nico. Goes, all right, three ricochets and then land it in one of the cups. So Nico takes a thro- stone, throws it, it bounces off two cups and a plate, and lands in someone else's drink, mm. and it wins them a piece of armor. So they're just having a good time. They're betting. Like it's it's a frat party between Vikings. Yeah. Um, Sounds like fun. Now this is when he when Nico came to Kelheim, this is where he met Krau Kajal, jeez, K J E L L. No card, nothing. This is the only story he pops up. Kajel, maybe? Because if it's a J, it's a soft J in, right. in Norse in Nordic. And he Kajel is like the ultimate college bro. <laughs> like he is a cleric for the Wanderers, but he also gets drunk and Talks Nico up to everyone. He takes him under his wing. Mm. Um, it, it's it's really more like well, it's funny because Nico's already ready for the toga party. <laughs> yeah, like he's ready for this. Um, like I said, he, 
he only appears in the story, which kind of sucks because I really like him as a character. Yeah, Kai, 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 Yeah. Kyle? And we'll call him Kyle. He takes the time to explain to Nico the different realms of Keldheim, the different inhabitants of the of the plane, and they question Nico where he's from. They turn on him like, Nico, you gotta be, you gotta be from some, one of the realms. Where are you from? And Nico being Nico is just like, no, I'm from Theranos. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Theros. Theros. Yep. Why do I keep doing that? Um, well, that's because I keep talking about Keranos and you yeah. smashing the two together. And they're like, okay, well, you're just from a lost realm. You must have, that, that must have just split off from the world tree and we just don't have a record of it. And I actually really like that mentality because, like, they don't met, they don't care where you're from because they can explain it away by that, and you're instantly a friend. Because yeah, the world tree, by like in and of itself, is already a form of planeswalking, right? So it's like not an alien concept to be like, oh yeah, you're on a different plane or whatever. Sure, you're not from here, you're over there. They find they find Nico in the snow, bring them in. Here's some new clothes. We're gonna go drinking, ride a bear. Here's a fur line toga. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... We also get a little insight into the curse of the Kana here because they're forced to wander yeah. and they really don't specify what that is. And again, they never say what they did to piss off the gods or what they have to do to fix it. But it says that the longer they are out of the forest of Elderheim and the farther away from it is, the worse the weather gets to the point that it's basically a blackout blizzard. The weather or the weather like. Around the people who Yeah, are, the wanderers. Uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until they die. Hmm. Like, that's but if they the get closer to the forest, it goes away. Some. Yeah. The more they move through the forest, the less it gets. So they have to, like, kind of keep going, like... They're nomads. Well, but they have to keep getting close to the forest, because they can't go back to the forest, right? No, they have to stay in the forest. Oh. They're outside of the forest right now, and the weather's starting to get bad, and this is where we learn about the curse. So the curse, uh, I'm, you, I believe, okay. I, I, I'm a little confused here. So. so the wanderers are cursed to stay to stay wandering in the forest. Okay. They are meeting with the omen seekers right now. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. okay. I thought the curse was to keep them away from the forest. No, they okay. have to stay in the forest. Okay. Um, we also learn about like their customs on Keldheim here, how it's always typical to offer food and drink to whoever you meet because they yeah. never know if you're going to be a god in disguise. Yeah. Which, to be fair, we've seen that at least once already. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, Norse gods were big on that. Like, yeah. I mean, this oh, is, that I'm was an a Greek lady thing let too. me in. They're like, oh, you didn't let me in. Okay, I'd blow up your house because I'm actually Athena. Exactly. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> uh, that was Greek, not Norse, but I mean, that's what happened in Greek mythology. Yeah, too. yeah. The the gods in all of these places are good at hiding themselves and then tricking people. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm not a god. I was really a god. You must perish. Um, so yeah. it, after this little wager with the beer pong, Nico and Cal. I'm just going to call him Cal. Yep. They sit and listen to the storyteller, uh, Baguri. And you might recognize that name. She's one of the gods. The entire time she's talking, though, she's goading Nico. She's, like, prodding them with, like, to believe in the stories and the tales of Kaldheim. Hmm. And Nico is giving her facts. Like, you can't get stabbed in the back and not feel it for days. Like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, I see. Okay, so she's like uh, the the lady that Nico was talking to is like myth building, like right. And as the legends go, and Nico's like, no, dork. Well, this ends up getting the Omen Seekers riled up because their leader is the person who got stabbed in the back and didn't feel for days. Oh, 
So he pisses them off by doing so. The Kana come to Nico's aid and are like, no, that's our bro. We're not going to let you touch him. Yeah. And they... Did you not see that awesome toga party? Right. So it gets to the point where they're just basically like posturing, like standing chest to chest. Uh, what, what, yeah, what, it's a frat fight. Uh, what, exactly. What, yeah, what? You, you want to play with me? <laughs> and then one of them just slugs the other and it just turns into a brawl. Yep. Yeah. So everyone just beating the crap out of each other in this pile. And as they're fighting, Nico is protecting themselves with his their own kind of planeswalker magic where he can they can create mirror shards. Mirror shards. 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 Nico can throw them with like pinpoint accuracy to hit targets, but also expand them to trap stuff within. Oh, cool. Okay. So is it like a different dimension or it's they... just a minor pocket dimension? Are they, like, trapped forever and they can never get out? Or can they, like, break their way out? They can break their way out. Okay, okay, okay. And this is where it starts off on where as everyone's fighting, Nico is giving, like, a rundown of their powers. Hmm. He's able to create three shards. They're able to create three shards to trap two of the fighters. And they're saving the third as, like, self-defense. Yeah, yeah. As this is going on... Nico notices two Valkyries come down. Uh, one of the black ones and one of the white ones. The Reapers and the Shepherds respectively. Oh. And Nico knows from all the stories that this is not a good sign. They're, they are expecting someone to die here today. Now, why would the black one be here? They're always they're always in pairs. Oh, okay. So if someone runs from the fight... The oh, Reaper yeah, and the out. black ones take them down, right. to, down to the bad place. Okay, right. okay. And <laughs> Nico sees these two... Realizes they're kind of screwed if the Valkyries decide to join the fray because they're they're angels. Yeah, ends up trapping the black Valkyrie when it so comes that, after. Saw so that coming. Yeah, traps it. Grabs. Wait, the black Valkyrie was going after Nico. Yeah. Why? I guessing because he's an invader in the plane and he wasn't fighting, so that could mark him as a coward. They. Yes. Then mark, they. Or mark Nico as a coward. Just say Nico. You don't have the pronoun. Just say Nico. <laughs> I know. Nico. It's easy. Just say, yeah. and they, the, the angel thought Nico was a coward. <laughs> the angel thought Nico hard. was a coward. Um, so Nico ends up trapping the Valkyrie and runs with it to the ship of the Omen Seekers, where the leaders are kind of like having a, a talk, hmm. which is Flynn and uh, Orhaft Stoneback. And Nico gets there, tells the two of them what's happening. And uh, hey, I trapped this Reaper. Is that bad? <laughs> he, he's like, Nico's like, they're just beating the crap out of each other. It was started by this storytelling god. I don't know what's going on. And there's a great quote here from Finn who goes, uh, loped off towards the fray like a bear set to solve a dispute among squirrels. <laughs> so he's just like this big hulking dude but, going off to like punish the children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is where we find out that Nico and Nico's talking to Orhoff Stoneback, who is a Verdun, one of the wizards of the Omen Seekers. Yeah. Orhoff isn't pleased with Nico, telling Nico that they're not supposed to be in a fight. Nico fires back that they were the only ones who didn't join the fray and was trying to stop the storyteller. Like he was trying, they were trying to like quiet the situation. Yeah. And she just kept going and going and yeah. going. Uh, Orhaf just laughed, saying that Nico couldn't stop the god anymore. 
that they could stop an omen path for opening. Or a squirrel could stop a bear. <laughs> right. Which, this is where we learn what an open path is. It's just a random home reality that connects two realms. Excuse me. It, like a temporary bridge. And if you're following anything with the March of the Machine storyline, this word is very familiar because it has to do with that as well. It's like, I mean, it's just the current era, too. We're in, right. the, we're in the omen path era with the start of Eldraine. The, uh, the new Eldraine. The wilds of Eldraine. Yeah, well, Eldraine. Eldraine. <clears throat> and Ixalan now, too. Yep. Uh, Orav sees Nico as a bad omen, one where destruction follows. Probably, yeah, probably. And Nico counters that this is just because they're just because they're there doesn't mean that Nico caused anything, yeah. which is to his credit true. Yeah. Um, Nico ends up giving the trap Valkyrie to Orhaft, and they agree to send Nico to Starnheim to prevent a catastrophe. The Orhaft like talks to the Valkyrie through the mirror, and they're like. Yeah, Nico is going to do something. We just don't know what, but we should get them to Starheim. Uh, the, so, re- the Reapers. Of- yeah, because they they just want to get Nico off the off the realm at this okay. point. Okay, yeah. Um, so RF tells Nico, go back there, say goodbye to your friends, come back, we'll, we'll get you where you need to go. He leaves, uh, and we find out that Finn is able to stop the fighting, and it, it's literally just like a bunch of drunken college bros yeah everyone's laughing about the fright they're patching themselves up they're drinking again everything's fine yeah. um nico actually chastises uh bergie the, the storytelling god for starting the fight and she's just like yeah whatever there's crow bye and she leaves <laughs> um nico offers to bring crow with him because he's going to starheim that's where everyone wants to go yeah and Kel is this crow is this uh this cleric for the wanders, yeah, and he and he is like, no, it's not my time yet. Yeah, you, well, because that's, that, that's what I would say too. Yeah. It's like, no, unfortunately, my time. I'll get to I'll get to Starheim when I cut the head off a of frost giant, right? Um, so he refuses. Nico goes back to Orhoff, and Orhoff uses part of the Valkyrie's powers to create an Omen path, sending Nico to Starheim, and that's where the story ends. All right. So it's we're setting up another player here. And yeah, I've never heard of this Nico. Is there a card? Yeah, he has uh, at least one. And then Nico, what is it? A R I S. Nico Rice. Blue aligned human planeswalker. Yeah, so uh, the card, if you're interested, is just uh, Nico Aris or Rice. Um, planeswalker makes a shard token. Shard. <laughs> Shard's a word you don't want to gamble on, just like, uh, well. Like a shirt. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And uh, we got one more story here, right? One more story, yeah. This is, uh, we're actually adding back to Kaya. This is uh, Awaken the Trolls by Roy Graham with contributions from Jenna Helland. This is Kaya in her kayak. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> It uh, describes it as specifically as a long boat. Yeah, yeah, no. Because what do you call it? Like the long boat of plane pooping or something, plane scooping? The long boat is Cosmina. Yeah, that's a long Cosma. Um, so we get back to her. She's on this boat. She's just alone, drifting, like trying to keep herself awake. She's just bored. And Yeah, what do you do on a boat? On a magic by... boat that's going to take you where you need to go. But not where you want to be. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, well, I guess I learned to whittle now. Yeah, she just she's basically taking a nap. It bumps into a shore, and she's like, "All right, guess I'm here. Great." Pulls herself out, and she's starting to head into this plane. She walks for like an hour or so, Do this realm. Yeah, and 
This is where we find out she's uh, not Mole, the the troll. Oh yeah, with the with the ice lady who only wants to talk about art. Right. Oh wow, then so she never pops up. Oh damn it! She. <laughs> I, I thought the boat was taking her here because no, we need the ice lady. She never has any story interactions, at least as far as I can tell. She has a card and never pops up in the mm, story. Poor Svella. Yeah. Um. So she sees a group of the lesser trolls, the hoggy trolls. They're about human size, and they're watching someone called Valky talk, which we know is the god of... It's their version of Loki. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. And he's telling them that the trolls are soon going to be going to war, and they need to prepare for it because someone's going to try and invade their realm. Then he looks over and sees Kaya. (laughs) Kind of. Uh, Kaya's looking at him, and before we continue, we actually have to go back to Innistrad for a second. Okay. So... This is happening during Shadows of an Innistrad when, um, right around where Avacyn goes missing towards the end of the story. Hmm. And I need to tell you about a man from the plane that was doing something that no one should ever do, which is he drew the attention of Soren Markov when Soren Markov was pissed. Hmm. And that man was Tybalt. He is a planeswalker. You're very familiar. If you know anything about the lore, he is kind of a... Not a big deal, but he's a well-known character, a minor character. Hmm. And he started off as a stitcher. They take zombie, they take body parts, stitch them together to make new zombies. Gross. Right. But he was really, really bad at it. So rather than use corpses... Oh, no, God damn it, Tybalt. You put the foot where the head's supposed to go. <laughs> pretty much. Um, he could never like get the, the spark of the creation right. Hmm. So he actually starts using living bodies to do it. That's worse. Right. So... That's what he did for a time. Like he was really bad at making normal zombies, so that he started making zombies out of living victims. Uh, he would Tybalt would lure people into his workshop, like in the dead of night, and just like vivisect them and start operating on them. As he did, devils started to appear. And if you know anything about this, these are like lesser demons. They're basically imps. Yeah. Um, they fed off the pain of his victims, and over time, people started to talk and notice. Like, if you go by that corner of the corner of the city, you're gonna go missing at night. Yeah. Um, they even go to a point like they're avoiding his block like entirely. Did we talk about this on Instrad? No. Oh, okay. This is going to be in the supplemental episode, but, it but if it's here. better here. Yeah, okay. Uh, so for a while it was fine for him. He could do his work in peace. People were leaving him alone. I don't know about work in peace. Mm, quote, quote. He could do his evil deeds in peace. Right. <laughs> and this all came crashing down when the local police are like, all right, something's going on. We got to raid his shop. So they bust in. And rather than getting caught, Tybalt casts a spell that merges all of the devils with him to form himself as a half-human, half-devil uh, creature. I am Tybaltricus. No, just Tybalt. <laughs> no. I, I would have come up with a cool devil name. Yeah. I mean... Tybaltricus. Tybalt might not even be his original name. Meh. Uh, the only thing that he felt was all the pain of the imps... Because they weren't just feeding on it, they were storing it as well. Mm. And this causes his Planeswalker spark to ignite. Okay. And he would come back to Innistrad every once in a while just to cause some chaos. One time he comes back and he notices things are even more messed up than they usually are. And this is where, when Avacyn was missing. Uh, and when she was missing, that is... Uh... When he, she was sell- sealed in the hell yeah, yeah, for yeah. a year. Yeah, yeah. During this, he kind of gets the attention of Sorin. <laughs> And they beat the crap out of each other. Well, let me rephrase that. Soren beats the crap out of Tybalt yeah. and threatens him. He goes, listen, I'm not going to kill you, 
For some reason. Right, for some reason. But if you leave the plane, I'm not going to pursue you. Hmm. So I told him, I was like, fine, fine, whatever, and yeah. just messes off. And never comes back to Innistrad, goes and makes his home on Kelheim. Okay. And he's masquerading as their, their Loki, their god of lies. Oh. Um, so Tybalt is disguising himself, and Kaya notices this. She casts a spell that breaks his illusion. Off of him or just for her? No, for off of him. Like okay. All the trolls that he's talking to yeah. can now see he's this devil creature. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the some of the trolls are just standing there like, what the hell do we do? A couple of them, Tybalt's like, well, kill her because she broke my illusion. And they're like, yeah, okay. And they go after Kaya. Yeah, trolls aren't known for their exemplary decision-making. Right. Like, in the heat of the moment, decision-making. Uh, Kaya's able to, like, uh, beat them or, like, face through them and scare them off to the point that she's just chasing Tybalt at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, all right, cool, bye, and runs. She goes after him. And she catches up to him clearing... And just as it looks like Tybalt's in trouble, he starts whistling, like, really, really loudly. To the point that, like, Kaya's covering her ears, she's, like, hunched over. And this wakes up the ground, revealing it wasn't a clearing, it was the resting place of the larger uh, Torva trolls. Mm. And Kaya's like, well, they're gonna attack both of us, why even wake them up? Like, you're in as much danger as I am. This was a really, really dumb plan. Yeah. Tybalt pulls out a glass sword with the light of the cosmos in it, which is that blue, purple, and green light, waves it and opens an omen path. Oh. And walks away. Just completely safe. Is he a planeswalker? He is a planeswalker. He is somebody else like an omen path. Yes. It's the sword giving him the power. Yeah. Uh, so. I wonder if that's going to come up. It it does. Well, I, I, and I meant like in modern day too. Like that's definitely got to be a huge part of the era we're in currently. Then right. Okay. Well, I know why the I know why it's called the Omen Paths. Yeah. And I know how that relates to the Phyrexians, and we'll get to that later in this. Um, but not today. So Kai is just like there, getting the crap kicked out of her by these trolls, and she actually breaks one of her daggers on their skin. Just fra it snaps the blade off. The other one, she phases into its back, lets it go, and lets it rematerialize. But the guy just, the troll just gets up like nothing happened. Like, she's just out of her weapons now. Like, did she phase it, like, into him? Yeah, like, oh, like okay. into his spine, let go of it so it rematerialized and pulled her hand out. It's funny, because that's what I thought, like, when she stabbed the first one. I'm like, why not just take your, make a ghost, drop the dagger just in its guts. Because then, then she's got to retrieve it. Yeah, that's true. So... And it also apparently did nothing. It did nothing. These guys can regenerate so quickly, it doesn't hurt them. And as she's getting the crap kicked out of her, this tr this elf dude just shows up. This I don't know where. And Kai's like, well, you should run. I'm getting my ass beat, and I'm a planeswalker. She doesn't say that, but she's like... Listen, nerd, I'm better than you normies, exactly. so you should get out of here. And he ignores her, and is like, I can beat them with a stone. And he picks up this little pebble and starts walking towards the trolls. And give you this rock to stop fighting. <laughs> pretty much. Is it really? <laughs> it's 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 not that, okay. but if you know anything about like troll mythology, you might know where this is going. Yes, I do. So he takes the stone and it starts to transmute his arm into stone. And what this elf does, he goes up to the first troll, touches it, turns the troll to stone. Yeah. Touches the next troll, turns it to stone, and so on and so forth until all of them are turned to stone. Yeah. And during this, Tybor is showing off 
This is the elf, the planeswalker. And he's showing off. He's like dodging. He's like, Wait, oh, you can't hit off? me. The elf dude. Okay, this is Tyvern. Tyvern. Yeah. The oh, you got to be Tyvern. 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 The planeswalker we talked about at the start of the episode. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. From, from Kaldheim. Yes. Yeah, well, because I thought you, because you got to enunciate Tybolt and Tyvern. Yes, I yeah. do apologize. Tyvern. Tyvern. Jeez. Tyvern is like showing off. He's like, you can't hit me and like dodging like that. And he defeats all of them, and he turns back to Kai and questions, like, why are you tra- chasing uh, Valky, the, the god of lies? And Kai explains who he is, and that he vanished into another realm. Because Kai knows Tybalt from Innistrad, right? She knows that he's a planeswalker. Okay. He's got a reputation Okay, so, so all she really knows is that he's not your exactly. god of Loki, yeah. Uh, Tyver asks where he went. And Kaya says she's not sure. All she saw was fire and black ground. And just like Aldron, Tyver opens up a portal to Imistrum, mm. the hell world. Yep, yep. And as he's about to step through, Kaya notices a charm on his neck. It's a Hedron from Zendikar. Oh. And she's like, oh, cool, you're a planeswalker. And Tyver's just like, the fuck's a planeswalker? And that's where the story ends. <laughs> Like, he is stupidly powerful and has no idea that there's other planeswalkers. Where do you get the Hedron Stone, then? I mean, he, I, he went to Zendikar. Like, this guy just, like, pops into other realms. Other planes for fun. But he's from Kaldheim. Yeah. Okay. He's a weird guy. Cool. I like it. And that's the uh, the end of the story. Yeah. I like that we're getting Kaya here. Uh, her fighting style seems interesting. There's a lot of, like, and I, I try to write it out, like, how she does her fights, when there's a lot of phase in, phase out, phase in, phase out. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you could picture it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, again, if you've ever watched any episode of Danny Phantom ever. It is weird to me, though, like, why use a... I mean, it depends, I guess, how it works, because I was thinking, like, why use daggers when you could get, like, a war hammer, <laughs> but phase most of the material out, and it's so it's lighter, and then phase it back in when you connect? I think she still feels the weight. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it also depends, like, would that just make the hammer break apart if you phased out, like, the head from the shaft? Her ability to turn things ghostly also comes down to her unique Planeswalker abilities, where she's actually expanding her spark's influence. Because hmm. it, So it's not just magic, she's actually using her spark to do this. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well the, the, does she have, like, an origin story or anything? She does, but I didn't want to get into it. Yeah, not not here. I mean, she's going to, because we're recording this, uh, like I said, right after New Year's. Yeah. Kaya comes up in Karlov Manor. Yeah. And we want to actually cover that around the time when the set drops, so February. Um, so I might, I might put it there, because Kaya is the main person, it seems like. I only, I only skimmed the story, so I didn't read the whole thing, but Kaya's in it. So maybe we'll throw at the beginning of that. Kaya's origin story. I think if I remember reading the promotional mirror for material for Karlov Manor, it has to do with the Ghost Guild on Ravnica. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I I didn't read too much into it. I was just like, oh, like I like murder mysteries. Like that's cool. Um, so yeah. Well, it may, we'll probably slot it there because we're gonna be talking about Kaya quite a bit, I guess, going forward here. Yep. And so, well, we'll see you on the next plane. See you on the next plane.